up, dude? What's up, man? Nothing. What's up with you? Nothing, dude. Just, you know, same shit, different fucking pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dude, honestly, I didn't know what would stop the coronavirus talk until, what, like a week ago? Yeah. This did it. Like, there is been this, 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 the first six months of this year. Holy shit. Like, seriously. Yeah, no, it, it's only, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a rough, a rough dude, first half to 2020. Dude, we, we're not even through the f- whole first half yet. I know. This is the first week of June. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Well, I mean, at least I don't, uh, I say this, uh, watch me be proved wrong, but I don't think it can get worse. <laughs> like a pandemic on top of a pandemic, like a double pandemic. I think that is as bad as it can possibly get. Dude, I thought that it couldn't get any worse than being shut down and all that shit. And then, like, we, I think we said it on this podcast. I don't think it could get any worse than this. I might have thought it, but it did. And we still have three weeks left of June. Yep. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I mean. Dude, we're going into hurricane season, too. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) But, I I mean, I don't know. Me and you have been talking a lot about the the protesting going on. And I I think it's, it's obviously validated. I, I don't think there's any denying that. I just like like I hate like this is probably extremely selfish of me, but my biggest concern is like, yeah, there's still this virus that's just like, like you know, out there. That, like, that I've seen a couple of tweets and like on social media and and gym shit like that, dude. To me, I I'm not worried about that. You are obviously, but. Like, I I wasn't worried about that at all. Like, I've seen something... Like, I'm a big Twitter guy. I think you know that. Um, yeah. And I've seen, like, some tweets, like... Oh, like, you know how, like... I don't know if you know this, but, like, I guess there was, like, protests or whatever for, like, the shutdown where a bunch of, like, white people would be, like, screaming at, like... City yeah, they, stor- they, like, stormed the Capitol in Michigan in Lansing. Uh, I didn't... I didn't know where it was. All I yeah, it was, was in Michigan. Michigan. I, I knew it was Michigan. I didn't know, like, wh- whatever. Yeah, okay. I got you. What, one, I thought they were idiots for doing that. That's because okay. they were idiots for doing that. Yeah. Two, that the the virus doesn't bother me. I never thought once of the virus and this shit happens. You know me. I've been saying it for at least a couple weeks now that the floodgates should be open in terms of businesses and people going outside and all that shit. Yeah. I, so, none of this bothers me with the virus at all. Like I don't like, I don't fucking care if they hug each other. I don't care. Like this does not bother me one bit in terms of the virus. Okay. 
And in, in terms of them protesting, I don't think the only people I think in America that saw that video that that were legitimately not upset about that or, you know, there's or questioning why they're protesting is the true racist or the people that are completely like delusional in terms of life and how shit should happen. Those are the only people I think in America. I, I did not hear like you hear some people like in like other cases, like, Oh, did he fight back? Or like, did he do this? Or that. But this was clear, dude. It was there's no argument well, that to doesn't this. matter. Like that doesn't matter. The minute he is in your custody, like as a police officer, I don't care if he like I was listening to this but argument. That's what I'm saying, dude. But that's what I'm saying. Like there's no there's a clear cut. This was not even anything argument about this. So that's what I'm saying. I did not okay. hear a single person like argue that or say anything. Everyone I I didn't even see it on Twitter. You always see that like one or two, like one person or two people that are like have to be idiots or whatever that have yeah. to argue about it. I, mean, I didn't even yep. see that, dude. I honestly did not see it. Yeah. So, so what are you saying? I don't think like how you're saying like you don't like have a problem with the protest or the only problem like I don't know, the how you like start off with the conversation about the, the coronavirus shit. Yeah. The only problem I have about these protests is the way how they turn. And to the looting and just disregard for all human life. That's where I draw the line. You can protest all you want, you know, march all you want, you know, raise your voices for you know how uh, unjust it is and all that shit. As soon as you take it over the lines where you're throwing shit or you know looting stores, where what is what is that? You're just one. You're taking. I here's another thing. The, the people that are looting all that, I want to know what percentage of people that are looting could actually name the dude that died. I sure oh, they, I'm sure they all could. I, I doubt that. I doubt that. I doubt But I will that. agree with you that I the people out there who are looting are not the true I, – I think the vast majority of them are not the true protesters. They're just like these like people who are taking advantage of the situation. Yes, and that's that's – the thing that always got me ever since I think this like Black Lives Matter stuff started in like college. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty, right. I'm pretty because I was in class when this all got like started. I think it was that. I forget. What, I think it was Freddie Gray, the one. Yeah. In the, Baltimore. The, okay, I was thinking Ferguson, but yeah, it could have been. Well, I don't. Well, we really want to take it back. That this all started with what's his face, um, Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Yeah. That all started then. That, that was definitely in high school. That was, I think that was my junior year, if I'm not mistaken. Or our junior year. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I'll take your word for it. So then it turned into Ferguson, and then it turned into, like, a couple of, like, not I don't want to say minor. That's the wrong word here, but for lack of a better term, minor ones. And then it was, like, I think Freddie Gray. And then I can't remember any big, like, national ones up until now. Unless I'm forgetting, I'm probably forgetting one or two. Yeah. Regardless, the biggest thing I had with the Black Lives Matter music is because I think so many people use that as an excuse to do stupid shit like looting, throwing shit, and all that shit. Yeah. And so 
what I have, what I agree with is the argument that the loss of property does no, does not anywhere near equate to the loss of life, which you know is what we're dealing with here. I completely agree with that. But it's what? Not, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. But, but but what I'm saying, but what's and, and again, agreeing that the people who are looting are loot are are not like true protesters. They're just taking advantage of the situation. Or, and I'll even go as far as to say that it doesn't really bother me to see you know, a, a Target or a Walmart or a Best Buy or whatever get looted or an Apple store because those are big corporations who have money who can just kind of say, yeah, this sucks, but, you know, we have a lot of money, so we'll just kind of, you know, fix the windows, replace the inventory, call it a day type thing. But when I see, like, stores on Chicago's south side, you know, these mom-and-pop stores who are being ran, you know, and, and the, the employees there are people from these communities who are, you know, who are the ones directly protesting this unjustness. And they're the ones who are ultimately suffering again because their stores are being broken into and looted. That's like, it's just like, come on, man, it, you're, you're like hurting your own community. Like even worse, like your whole goal is to like, you know, push the cause forward, which I'm all for, but you're, you're at the same time, like setting back the clock because you're destroying these businesses, which are employing people in your community. So that's, that's where it's like, all right, you got to draw the line somewhere. No, I draw all right. Hold, hold up, I draw a line when you're looting and going after businesses in general. Did they have anything to do with what happened? Did did they were they the officer on the neck of, um, no. were they uh, on the neck of Floyd? No. Okay, are they involved in any sort a type of government shit at all? No. So why the fuck are you going after? a business that had no involvement or at any involvement whatsoever. I don't, I don't know. And, and again, I, I, I'm going to say you're, you're going to hate me for saying this, but this, this could be our white privilege talking. It could be because we will never, we will and me and you as white males will never ever in our entire lives feel anything close to what, you know, pe black people are feeling right now. The marginalization, you know, the, this has nothing the to racism. do with white privilege. Oh, because but it might because we don't understand what it feels like to get pushed in that direction to have to fear for your life when you like have an interaction with people whose sole job it is to protect white, white privilege has nothing to do about looting. That, there's I, no but you cannot I, make that argument. I, I feel like I feel like you can't deny it though because you simply don't know. Like you will what, never. Have... What do you mean? No, don't know. These businesses have nothing to do with police officers. I can I can see your argument if you're going to say, oh, there's white privilege and we don't know what it feels like to be black when we deal with police officers i can see that argument but we're saying business you're looting businesses to go after your um your feelings towards your your brother uncle your fellow race member dying because of a police officer i, I, I don't know there's but, no connection at all but, here, but here's the thing why do people why do people you know like light cars on fire when their teams win a championship like why is there violence that happens when a team when your team you know wins the Super Bowl or wins the World Series, whatever the case may be, we see that a lot. Like a team wins the championship, then all of a sudden, like people go out in the streets and celebrate fine. But then why do all of a sudden they start, you know, looting and and tipping over cars and doing all this stupid stuff? Like I I but don't I don't understand right. the mindset. You're right. You're. At, I was in Philadelphia when fucking the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I was in the dead center. Those people are idiots. I, no, but I'm I, saying, like, something can happen that can push you to that level of passion. All right. 
So if you're talking about white privilege, then if you're gonna if you're gonna go down that road, what is the, where's the white privilege where we don't understand where you're saying that these mom and pop stores? I know specifically in Philadelphia, down on uh south on um South Street, most of them are minority owned. So if you're gonna use that that white no, privilege bullshit, what where is the argument for how we can understand how we would loot other white businesses or in their case other minority owned businesses yeah see that's what doesn't make a lot of sense to me i i don't know i don't have the answers because i don't know who was who specifically was looting so it's just hard to say i don't know it's I, this this is directed at the looters at the they're scumbags okay there's no other you are targeting an innocent person and their business and their livelihood okay and in possible cases maybe on the south side of chicago definitely in philadelphia they're minority owned. Yes. They could be black, they could be Hispanic, um, Vietnamese, whatever, okay? And you're looting those stores. You cannot use the argument for white privilege for that shit, dude. I'm, I'm not I'm not having No, no, no. That's, I'm, I'm not that's I'm I'm just saying that it could be our white privilege that makes us unable to feel the way they feel, hence why we have a hard time justifying their looting. Or, you know, whoever is not there, but whoever is doing the looting. But looting has nothing to do with the color of your skin. I know. But it, but, but, the, what, dri- but what drives you to whatever state of mind you are in when you choose to loot could be something that has to do with the color of your skin. Because people with the same skin color, you are having their, you know, necks kneeled on for 10 minutes, like. We'll never know because a white person will never have their neck kneeled on for nine minutes or ten minutes or whatever. It's just yeah, not going to happen. Buy that. I don't buy that either. I don't think – I honestly don't think – maybe I'm wrong. I honestly don't think that police officer was like, hey, this guy's black. I don't think he has – I don't think someone in that position mm. thinks, oh, he's black, so let me put my knee on his neck. Oh, see that? I, I don't know if you can make that argument. I feel like he might not have said in his mind, all right, this guy's black. I'm going to do this. But part of like just his whole life upbringing, the unconscious you know, decision making he had gone through, what he had seen and all of these unconscious biases that have mounted up throughout his entire life led to the point that when he was in that situation, he thought the right thing to do was to keep kneeling, despite the fact that this that George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe and was like, you know, clearly in despair like it's just a it's just it's like a snowball effect that this police officer went through little things building up building up you know little experiences he had here and there little things he saw little things he heard and it just kind of built up in his mind subconsciously probably that there was you know what he was doing was the right thing to do and it deep down had to do with the fact that george Floyd is black i see maybe this is another problem with me i was raised in my house that like it doesn't matter what skin color you are. I have cousins that are Puerto Rican. I've I have other cousins that are Dominican. Or not like cousins, but like they're you know, they're my cousins married either a Dominican or Puerto Rican. Well I my sister dated bl- black guys. She dated a um Syrian. She d- dated all races. I've had all races come through my family between boyfriends, wives, and and shit like that. So I I don't know if that's me because I've grown up with the fact that I don't see this shit, dude. So to me, I can't, like, if I'm 
in a position, I don't view someone as either black or Hispanic or shit like that. I view them as an asshole. Or, hey, he's my friend. I don't think, it, like, to me, I can't picture in a situation, oh, this kid is black, this kid is Hispanic, or this kid's Chinese. Let me punch him in the face or do something stupid. I can't wrap my head around that. At all. No, I know, but but a lot of it is, I, I'm telling you, a lot of it is just probably subconscious because it's just, like, how things are without us even noticing them. Like, for example, I grew up in Geneva, Illinois, a community that is no less than 98% white, right? All growing up, it was all white people all the time, right? I never was exposed to, I'm not, not exposed to, but I was never interacting with black people. I was never around them. It just, because of just where I lived. I mean, it really had nothing to do other with the fact that, you know, I was a suburban kid living in a white town surrounded by white towns. That's just how it was. But because of that, like you, you don't have the opportunity and I guess you, you were different, but for me, I, you know, you don't have the opportunity to kind of like see what the other, and you think you kind of get it in your mind that, okay, everybody acts this way. And in my mind, everybody acts like a middle-class suburban white person. And then when you come across a situation where somebody is not acting at, you know, conforming to, to what you're used to seeing, you could do something like kneel on their neck for 10 minutes and the reason you did that is because you you didn't fully understand what it was like to, to be a black person or have black experiences. That is that's that's racism. Like at the end of the day, that's what that is. And I'm not you know, I'm not I certainly don't believe you're a racist. I don't believe I am either. But at the end of the day, just not being exposed to certain circumstances can lead you to make decisions that are racist. And it's it's because of just the subconscious little things that have been going on throughout the entirety of your life that result. Again, in situations like George Floyd, I, I can't wrap my head around around that. I I seriously cannot understand that that someone thinks, oh, this guy's. I think I think me personally, I think it's poor police training. I honestly think that maybe again, maybe this guy is racist in you know actual racism, you know against black people or his whatever it is. All right, but I cannot wrap my head around that at all. Yeah, no, and I, but here's the thing: you you can chalk up one, maybe two, even to bad police training. But this has happened too many times, and that's the thing: like police officers see other police officers getting away with this. And and again, I'm like you: I lived with a Michigan State trooper for you know eight months last year, upstanding guy, like like hell of a guy. He, the, most cops are, are genuinely good who want to, who are there to protect and serve everybody. I, yes. But sometimes you, you get the, you know, the bad ones who do stuff like this and they see other cops getting away with it. So maybe they think, okay, hey, this guy got off pretty easy when he did this. So if I'm ever put in this position, who knows? Like I, who, I, that can very well could cross their mind. What? What do you mean? What was the last part you said? I said things things like what ha- that, like taking advantage of a situation, not taking advantage of, but doing something like that cop did to George Floyd. Who knows? Maybe maybe you can't you can't say that it wasn't his. It was up to it was bad training. I mean, he very easily could have consciously decided that that's what he was going to do. That he that he was just going to stop the next person, the next black person that he was gonna 
that he was going to stop and arrest or whatever, detain, whatever, was he, he was going to kill. No, no, no. I, I don't think he did that. But, but he, he was – it wasn't – I don't think it was premeditated. But I think he was thinking to himself, all right, I, you know, this guy is – I don't even know – I don't even know why George Floyd was originally – like, do you know why he was originally – like, he, was, he was using like counterfeit bills. It was like a counterfeit twenty that the the police like went after him or investigated him for, and then arrested him. Okay. Well, yeah. Who knows? Maybe this cop was. I mean, he clearly. I mean, racist guy who thought that okay, I can, I can just take advantage of the situation and I can pin this guy to the ground and I'm gonna put put my knee on his neck and we'll see what happens. Like, he very easily could have consciously made that decision. We'll never know. I don't. I don't. I cannot wrap my head my head around the fact that someone in a situation like that rap like consciously thought in their head, "Oh, this kid is black, and let's kneel on him." First and foremost, if anyone twists that out there that's listening to this, that I agree for what happened, they're idiots because they, they uh, George Floyd should be alive right now. Right. Yes, I'm not defending it at all. So if anyone thinks that or takes that the wrong way, I know there's about two listeners out there. That's it. Yeah, I know. But we, like, if this ever comes, if we're ever running for public office in like 20 years, and people somehow find this, both of us are, I think, fully on the same page that well, George Floyd should be alive. I'm not gonna get public office for other things I've said because I've probably dropped the f bomb <laughs> at least 700 thousand times during this podcast. But Eric Connor, just know that if you ever run for public office, I will move to whatever district you're running in, and I will vote for you. I thought you were going to say you were vote. You will vote against me. No, I think you are because you are unapologetically honest. Like like po- politicians say they're unapologetically honest until they get elected, and then they hide behind their little curtain of. You know, oh, I got to please the voters. Oh, I got to please the donors. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. You would walk in and you would talk exactly the way you're talking now. And I guarantee you, politicians would be terrified of you because of how freely you speak, which I think would be very refreshing in today's political landscape. So, well, yeah, I would 100%. I would vote for you over just about anybody else I can think of. Well, like Watson. You running versus Watson? Um, um what office are you running for? Mayor. Of Whitehall, PA? Yeah. All right. If it's, if it's mayor, I'm, I'm okay. I'll probably vote for Watson because Watson is, he's, he's got like that, you know, family friendly kind of like, Hey, small town America, let's have a state fair. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll host that's Watson. So that's why well, I'm voting for Watson for mayor. Watson. But if it were like senator, I'd probably vote for for you. What about president of the United States? Um, you versus Watson for president of the United States. You don't have you. You don't even have to move for that. No, I don't. Um, sorry, I'm. I apologize to Will Watson, but I'd probably vote for you. Oh, wow. A landslide. Wow. But but I think, okay, again, it's because I think of your unapologetic – I think that's what we would – and, it, again, people said that's what Trump was like when he got elected. Oh, he's going to – you know, he, he doesn't take BS. You know, he's he's going to stand up for the small guy. You know, he's he's not going to, you know, succumb to the political nonsense. But But, you know, that's kind of exactly what he did. I don't think you would. 
No. And also, you're you're not like a bad person like he is, though. So also, no, I would I would not apologize for shit. I I would be the most polarizing political figure since Donald Trump. Yeah, but I think you'd be polarizing in the right way because I don't think here. Let's let's just use what happened as content. All right, so yeah, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. It might have been Monday. Trump has his little speech in the Rose Garden, you know, oh, hey, I'm going to bring in the military to shut things down, you know, like the authoritarian he is. And then he has the, like, the the police and the National Guard literally clear a path of protesters using tear gas and rubber bullets so he can walk over to a church and just kind of stand there with a Bible in his hand to snap some pictures. Like That was the dumbest you... thing on earth. Yes, so, it was. I, I cringed watching that. It, okay? Yeah, yes. <laughs> He like it wasn't like the like I can understand if he walks over there, you know, pays his respects or whatever, you know, looks around the church, you know, because it was burning the night before. And I didn't know this before, but I guess it's known as a president's church because every president since I think Nick, every president since like I forget, I think John Quincy Adams has been there. And I think every president since since I don't know, I forget which one. I think every president since Teddy Roosevelt, besides Nixon, went to that church on um, Inauguration Day. All right. And anyway, if he went over there, looked at, you know, the damage or, you know, paid his respect to the church um, and then just left or, you know, had like some sort of meeting or something like that in there or around it, be fine with it. But him going over there, holding the Bible up like it's like a kid with a dirty diaper. What an idiot, dude. Like, everyone's saying that it was a photo op. It absolutely is. It was so, like, cringeworthy to watch. Yeah, it was. It absolutely was. And But the, back to the point I was trying to make is you, you would never do something like that. You would, you would stand up there and you would you – would, because you're, you're not a person who talks in, like, you, you know, in metaphors or in, you know, ideas, you're going to say, we're going to do a, B and C and that's, what's going to happen. And we're, we're going to, you know, if it works, it works. If not, we'll move on to plan B. Like that's what you would do. You'd have a plan. You would execute on that plan. And then hopefully we would, you know, things would be resolved. It would happen with the coronavirus. It would happen with, with the protests, you know, and then reform and all that. And that's why the only problem is, so if we're going back to you being president, the only problem I would have with you being president where Watson would be much better than you in this regard, is you'd have to actually listen to your cabinet and take their advice and, and like do what they say, which I feel like you'd have kind of a hard time doing that just no. because of how. No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to hire a bunch of yes men to be oh. in my cabinet. So you're going to be like Donald Trump. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's why Watson would be the president of collaboration because he would be all for having, you know, the, you know, the best people for his cabinet and he would take their advice and he would, you know, he, he'd work with them. But I feel like you would just be like, no, this is what I say we're doing. And I don't think you'd have, you know, I think sometimes that'd be the right way to do it. But, I mean, sometimes you got to let other people make the decisions because they are more qualified. Well, I, I'd be way too impulsive to be a president, too. Yeah, that's also probably true. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Did you, did you listen to that speech at all in the Rose Garden? Oh, yeah, I listened to the whole thing. I thought it was fantastic. What do you mean? Explain how. Because he said, yo, if this looting does not stop, we're going to send a National Guard. Because these that's another thing I want to talk to. These mayors and governors that just let 
all the looters and destruction happen within their cities or towns or even states for that matter are idiots. They should have put a squash to all the looting as soon as it happened. They didn't. Yeah, but that's the uh, but but uh, I don't know. I I get so again. It's a it's. I mean, I, I can't even think of what I'm trying to say right now. I just feel like you know you have to kind of pick and choose your battles, and this is one you can't you can't match force with force. It's just not going to get, it's not going to do anybody any good. So, so you rather have all of your businesses within your city or town get looted and destroyed than like have security outside of them and saying, Hey, we're not going to put up with this bullshit anymore. Yeah, but that's the thing. When you have a bunch of people standing around armed, you know, guns, tear gas, smoke grenades, that kind of stuff. When you have all of that, and then there's, you know, people protesting, even if it's peaceful, just like the the introduction of armed National Guardsmen, police officers, whatever the case may be, that just like, I feel like that automatically raises tensions. People get tense. That's where confrontations start. That's how, you know, rioting starts and looting starts. It's, it, it's just not good for anybody. I, it's good for your businesses instead of it getting destroyed. If you have... That's another thing. I don't understand if the why these businesses didn't. I don't on the news watching every night watching like the Philly news. There are some businesses that had people stand outside of their business, like the owners, other business stand outside of their businesses so people wouldn't loot and destroy their business. I don't understand why that didn't happen. And again, that's just preventive measures. No one is if you don't if you see someone that is armed or even out, not even armed unarmed outside of a business are you going to try to loot or destroy that that business you're deterred from that and that's the whole point i'm trying to make they would be deterred from causing problems for the area or city or whatever you want to call it than just you know saying hey go ahead this business is closed it's not boarded up you know it's only glass you can throw whatever you want in there or you know need be you can punch the window and you're you're in yeah, but but okay, but then you'd have to allocate all of those resources, you know, police officers and so on, to standing in front of all these different buildings, whether or not there are protesters nearby. That's like a waste of, of you know, the resources that you have. Why not use them to, you know, you know, protect the, the protesters, make sure things don't turn violent, that kind of stuff. Like that's their job, and that's what they've been doing. But that means that they can't stand in front of every business and make sure nobody loots it. Uh, th- those are resources. You talk about money, I'm guessing. What do you mean? No, like people. I mean, the businesses are around the protest. They're walking through the cities. Yeah, I know. But like these these things just kind of like I feel like they just sprout up. Like you'd have to have somebody in front of every single business in a city, which there are a lot of businesses in Chicago. A lot. It'd be very hard to have somebody stationed in front of every single one of them. Because you have nobody left to, to, you know, make sure the protests continue peacefully. I, like, what are, what are the, pro- the protests going to do? Turn on each other? Uh, well, who, maybe, who, I don't know, maybe, you know, the freaking, you know, the KKK shows up. I don't know. And then things get rough. Like, it could, I'm sure, I guarantee listen, you there are white supremacists in some of these protests. Listen, listen if, 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 if white suppressors show up, I say, you know, unleash the floodgates, let the protesters, you know, give the protesters some guns and just get them off the face of the earth. How about that? 
Yeah. Uh, I am not prepared to I, – I don't have a good argument for this because I, I just don't know. But It's simple as that. They give the protesters some guns. Let them say – or let them stand – be be in front – it's their business. Their lives are their business. If the white supremacists want to come after them, you know, and, and cause a threat of violence against their lives, free reign. Go right ahead. <laughs> wipe, wipe, rape. That's the perfect way to do it. Wipe racism off the planet. Easy enough. Yeah. All right. Problem solved. We did it. <laughs> it took us it took us 30, 32 and a half minutes, but we, we solved the problem. Just give everybody a gun. Well, no, not everyone. <laughs> the white what the white supre- the white supremacists, you know, they can't have guns, but right. everyone else can. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, no, but I do want to talk because you mentioned how much you liked Trump's speech in the Rose Garden, which what he said aside, the man needs to learn how to give a speech. He is he looks like he's up there. He looks like what you know when you were in like seventh grade and you had to go read your book report in front of, book report in front of the class and you literally just stood there with your head buried in your paper and you read it as fast as you can because you just want to get out of in front of the room. That's how he sounds. He sounds like he is so disinterested and he's so just like, I don't want to be doing this. You know, I have to say it because you know I was told I have to say it, but I'd rather be, you know, calling into Fox News or whatever. He has no emotion, none, when he's giving a speech about, like, the sanctity of our country. You'd think he could be a little more excited about it, but he just sits there and goes, yeah, okay, these horrible things have happened to George Floyd and his family, and we should do what we can to make things better. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, you're not fooling anybody. Why can't he show a little bit of emotion? In anything he says, maybe at his rallies, he gets a little more hype. But like when you're talking to the whole country about uh, the most important issue of the day, you should probably, you know, care a little bit. Yeah, he's not a good orator. Oh, no, is it, what, 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 what is it? Orator? Orator, yeah. 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 He's not a good orator at all. Okay. No. Hey, uh, Obama, even though I disliked him completely, he was in our lifetime. At least. I mean, we've only been around for like four presidents now. He was the best orator. Oh God! He could give a speech. He could give a speech. Yes. I mean, Bush. When I think back on his speeches and look like watch him occasionally on on YouTube and shit, I he always seems like he cares too much. Like he's so fragile when he gives speeches. Like um, like he's like whispering almost. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gone back and watched a Bush a Bush speech. He's he's so like I don't know what the word is. He's so um like he doesn't get fired up. Like he's so it's not even soothing. That's definitely the wrong word. But like he's he's like a grandfather or grandmother that is like trying to calm you down and he's so slow and so like quiet. And in, in the times that, like, he could get, you know, loud and boisterous, he doesn't. I don't know. I, like, you know who was a hell of a speech speech giver? You're, you're per, I, I'm going to go on a limb and say your favorite president of all time. Ronald Reagan was. Yes, that's, sure. yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. He, he, he was like a... He was like a stern but loving father. Like when he had to get in your face, like he would, and he would, he would put you, he'd put in your place. And he showed that with the way he talked about the Russians. But then, like he could also like be very gentle and like 
he was he just knew the right tone to carry with anything he was saying and his delivery was just spot on spot on greatest president of all time the, okay one of, the, oh. one, one of the funniest lines I, I it's probably a movie you don't even know it's it's iron eagle and yeah, I don't know you it. Haven't watched it no right. So anyway, this kid's father is in the military and he gets shot down. He's held captive in another country, right? Okay. And the one wait, is, what era are we, are we talking like Vietnam era? Eighties, okay. Yeah. Um, and the one guy in it says, um, "When the, when are they sending me sending them in?" And the kid, the 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 son in the situation goes, "Sending who in?" And he's like, and the guy that asked the question goes, "The Marines, you fool." He's like, "I don't think they are." And the the guy that was asking about the Marines goes, well, you know, sooner or later they will, because you know that's why they call our president Ronnie Ray Gun. <laughs> I feel like I have to see it in in context of the movie. It's a good movie. I I would, I would suggest watching it. Iron Eagle, it's called. Yes. All right, I'll keep that in mind. When did it come out? Like eighties. It's like. So take like Top Gun and take out the love and just focus on like not battle but like drama, like things of that. All right. You want to hear something bad? I've actually never seen Top Gun either. Oh my god, dude. I know Come because on. you because you and Watson did that whole you the whatever their names are. Yeah, you did that. Maverick and Goose, man. Yeah. <laughs> Maverick how, and Goose. How have you never seen Top Gun? I don't know. There are a lot of movies like that, you know, like late '90s block. I've never seen Gladiator. I've never seen. Uh, I've the, never seen Gladiators from start to finish. I've never seen the one with, um, like, the Celtic warrior guy, Braveheart. I've never seen Braveheart. You never see Braveheart. It's no. a long movie, but good. Um, I feel like those are like the big like '90s hits. I've never seen. I, I've never seen Jurassic Park all the way through. I've seen that. Not my like, good movie, but not like fantastic. Have you ever seen The Breakfast Club? Oh yeah, I've seen the. I've seen all the good high school coming of age. But those are, like my favorite movies, dude. Like, like um, uh, what can I think of it? Um, Ferris Bueller Days Off. That's a classic. Breakfast Club is a classic. The one my favorite. What's like one of my favorite movies? Days to Confuse. I love Days to Confuse. I've never seen that one. Oh, dude, you would love it. It's McConaughey's first movie. It's where he goes. All right, all right, all right. Like, oh, it's great. You would like it. It's it's a it's a High school, high school kids, you know, first day of summer, you know, bored high school kids, first day of summer are trying to just like have some fun. So I feel like it's right up your alley. Harrison, pretty, pretty in pink. No, that is one of my favorite. Um, I think Breakfast Club and then Pretty in Pink, close second, is is my favorite. You know, Brack Pack, like nineteen eighties, like movie. What is Pretty in Pink about? I've heard of it. I've just never, I never really knew what it was about. Um, a girl likes a guy, and she's really poor, and he's really rich. Oh, okay. I'll have to. I mean, yeah, all of those '80s movies that are like high school kids, all for it, all for it. Same. Why do I feel like I'm missing a really big coming of age good movie? From that era, I don't know. Oh, Breakfast Club for sure. Oh, the one with uh, Sixteen Candles. I haven't seen that one. 
Another good one. And the one with Spicoli. Why can't I think of what it's called? Something high. Who? Something, uh, it's like a high. Fast Times at Ridgemont Fast Ridgemont Times at Ridgemont High. That's what it is, yeah. I've not seen that one. I saw it once a while ago. It was pretty good. I, oh, I only vaguely remember it, though. You watch Top Gun. You have to. Yeah, I probably should. That's your that's your your homework this weekend. Watch Top Gun. I don't think I'll watch it this weekend, but I'll remember. What else you gotta watch? I watch like there's no sports. Me and my parents watch movies every single weekend now because there's just nothing else to do. So I've watched a ton of movies in the past two months, like more than I've watched in a two month span of my entire life. Watch Top Gun this weekend. We'll see. But hey, there's some good news. What's that? Sports come back in July. Officially, who's which? Which league? Well, NBA is going to start July 31st. So no, like two months from now. Okay, what else? Yeah. When's the NBA? Hockey. What, does that have a date yet? No, but they said mid June or mid July. Oh, sorry. Good things I would do to watch an NHL game right now. Yeah. We talked about this last week, I think, or t- recently, that how pro basketball is our, our least favorite pro sport. Um, like, I'm so excited just for sports in general to be back on. Yeah. All right, well, we we can see the light. And, dude, I'm, I'm getting, like, more optimistic about football just because, like, did you see Iowa? I don't know if you talked about this, but, like, the president of the University of Iowa said that, they're still aiming to have full capacity stadiums for their games. Really? Yeah. Like, like Big Ten University of Iowa is aiming to have all 70, 75, however many that stadium holds people there for their home games. Which I'm all for. Which I find it hard to believe that you could go from somebody, you know, you know, trying to get a full stadium to having no season. Like that's just too big of a gap to, to go from one end of the spectrum to the other. Like maybe you go from full stadiums and you have to compromise with, you know, 30% capacity or even no fans, like whatever. But I don't, I just, I don't see how you go from that, you know, somebody thinking you can have a full stadium to the reality being no games. Like that just, especially for a school like Iowa, which has, you know, some pull in the college football world. So listen, I'm not arguing at all. All right. Full, open the floodgates, okay? I'm, I have no argument to this. I'm shocked. The reason why I say I'm shocked is because I didn't, you know, it's, it's odd to hear a, a, um, what do you call it? A big time school like that say they're going to have full capacity. I thought they would be a little, but I am fully on board with that. Yeah. Do it for, Penn State's got to do it too. I don't care. We'll see, dude. But yeah, I mean, I just want college, especially, oh, man, especially, just because, I mean, we talk about this, but there have been like ESPN, you know, you know, they always do like their preseason stuff and they talk, they do a lot of analysis of the top 25 and they always talk about like, dude, Penn State's got this team this year, you know, they have one, one of their most seasoned and best defenses they've had probably since 2016. They have, you know, offensively, they have a, a incredibly, you, you know, senior offensive line, tons of experience in the offensive line. They have the best tight end in the country. 
They have a solid quarterback. They have one of the best running back rooms in the country. Like, really, the only thing that's missing is a solid wide receiving core. But otherwise, like, dude, we have a chance to, like, make some noise this year. Uh, and give me credit. I know you called I, this at least, what was it, two, three years ago? You said 2020 was a good year. I've been saying this shit. Uh-huh. I've, I've been saying this shit for two years, okay? They need that. Penn State needs to play football this year because this might be our best shot. In a long time. Oh man. Okay. So, but um, the one I forget who wrote it. I wrote it. I read an article on ESPN. Um, that or no, it was twenty four seven sports dot com. Um, that said, whoever wins the Ohio State Penn State game plays in the national title. In the national title, not even just gets yes. in the playoff. Yeah. Dang. I mean, but we get them at home this year, dude. Oh, dude, oh, I hope we. God, dude, we got. Oh. See, because that, that was the game we would have gone to for if every you know that would have been a game, and I don't know, man. This... Well, if, it, if if they still play, would you still go? Well, it depends on what, how many people they let in the stadium, what the ticket situation looks like. I mean, who knows? Well. If you want to go, that's the only game I set aside for my tickets. So, well, let's let's wait and see what happens. I mean, if I can go, I will go, but it's just a matter of if I can go. What do you mean you can go? It, well, I like if I ha- have a ticket, what? if I get offered tickets, I have an empty ticket. Yeah, but are they going to let people like sit next to each other? Are they going to let the stadium be full? Like, maybe not. I, who knows? Well, we'll see what happens, but yeah. I see no reason why they just let one person have tickets when I have two tickets. I, I don't know. but I, I'm honestly surprised that the athletic department hasn't sent out an email to season ticket holders like, hey, yeah, so you're probably wondering what's going on, because I am. Because, you know, I paid for season tickets, but if it's not, you know, what if I can't use them or what, you know, I, they need to have a plan in place. Oh, actually, yeah, that, that's shocking to me, actually. Another thing, well, next week we find out what they're going to do with Penn, with the with the fall session, too. Yeah, I get Okay. But if Center County is green, you know, what they should do is they should be like, all right, you know, any student who can, you know, self-isolate or social distance or whatever for the last two weeks before you come back to campus, do that. And then, you know, come back. Well, no, I, what, because they sent out, what do you call it, surveys to both students and to like, I think, I get, I think they're faculty too. Yeah. I've, I'm thinking they're basing their decision off, off those surveys. Well, you'd really think I okay. First of all, I think me and you can both agree that uh, I would I would argue north of ninety percent of students said, "Hell yeah, I'll open things up." Like I want to go back to Penn State, of course. I feel like it's the faculty who could cause more of a problem because you know they're they well, could be older, they could you know who knows you know what their situation is, but they would probably be the ones who are more hesitant. Agreed, but I'm also thinking, say, say, you know, surprisingly in the surveys. Let's just throw out a number. Seventy percent of students said they would they would be okay with coming back. I want to know how much, you know, 
there has to be there, there has to be a, a math equation to this on how much um, money would have to come in to make it worthwhile for students. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Or for the university, based the number of students coming in would be worthwhile to keep the campus open. Yeah. Well, did you talk to like I'm assuming Logan was sent and filled out that survey? Do you know what it looked like? What questions were asked or anything like that? I have no clue to be honest. Yeah. With you. But yeah, I mean, I I feel like there are protective measures that can be put in place. You know, to protect the, the teachers. I mean, you cram 700 people into Thomas 100. I mean, obviously that's you know, not ideal. And who even knows, like the state of Pennsylvania might limit gatherings, right? I mean, I'm, that's how it is in Illinois. I, who, like a lecture hall, you can't, you can't just cram a bunch of people into a lecture hall if the state doesn't allow it. So I don't know. Open the floodgates. <laughs> we know that's how you feel. For everything, protesting, football games, grocery stores, everything. Open the floodgates. We'll see. Dude, I like this is like I'm so excited for Penn State football. Me too. Like that's the one thing that I look forward to every single year. Yeah, dude. Is Penn State football. Yeah, dude. When I lived in Michigan, January through the end of August was like the most miserable. Was that eight months of the year? Miserable. Well, the summer was all right, but yeah. like there was nothing. And then it was like, okay, it's August. I can be, I have plans every Saturday for the next three and a half months. Life could not be better. <laughs> like, I miss that. Oh. I, football season, like, I live for football. I live for football. Well, at the very least, it sounds like the NFL is, like, probably going to happen. I never thought for a second the NFL season would not happen. Yeah. So, that's – I mean, at least that's something. You know, it beats it – owns a, It owns a week of the day for – what is that? Five months? Six months almost? Yeah. It owns a week of the day during the week. Yep. And I have grown more fond of the NFL. Back when, like, even in even in college, I guess it was because after I left high school, I couldn't watch the Bears, and so I just kind of stopped caring about the Bears, and because they were also pretty terrible at that time, and I stopped caring about the NFL in general. But since I like the NFL has crept back, and I've started to really enjoy it the past few years. I enjoy football. I don't care if it's. High school football or little league football? I love football. Yeah, I love I love football more than I'm gonna love my future ex-wife. <laughs> well, if she's your ex-wife, then yeah, that makes sense. Maybe that's why she's your ex-wife because she wanted to go to the art fair on Sunday, but you sat home and watched the birds. But I don't think I'd marry a girl that wants to go to the art hey. the art uh, museum. On Not Sunday. the museum, an art fair. And art fairs are actually pretty decent times. I've been to I've been to a fair share of them. Not not during uh, Sundays between September and February. Okay, well, that's fair. 
Most of them are over the summer anyway, so. Good, yeah. No, no fall weddings, too. <laughs> no fall weddings. Drives me insane. Although, speaking of no fall weddings, one of my friends, the, the people I live with my last, in, like my last seven months in Michigan, my one friend from high school and her now fiance are getting married in um, November, November 13th. However, I know you're going to say no fall weddings, and I agree. However, November 13th happens to be a Friday, which is perfect. And what's also nice is that the next day, Penn State has a home game, and they play Michigan State. And I will be back. I will basically be in Midland because, like, they're getting married in that area. So I can meet up with, like, some of my old buddies who went to Michigan State to watch the game. So that actually worked out pretty well. It was a fall wedding that actually turned out to be a decent, you know, kind of a win-win. Is that the girl from Texas A&M I met? No, they got married. Jeez, oh, it'll be two years in August. This is... Wait. Who's the people I met at the bar that we... That I was yeah, that's the, the Robin and Ethan. That's te- they. She went to Texas A&M. He went to Michigan State. He's, they're the people I would meet up with oh. to watch the Penn State-Michigan State game. The people who are getting married are the, the state trooper and then the girl who was... I've known this girl since I was in kindergarten. And she went to Central Michigan, stayed in the area, which is not too far from Midland. So I stayed there. I lived with them for eight months. And now they're getting married. And I got I'm shocked, shocked that a girl from your high school lived around the Midland. Well, she went to Central Michigan and she stayed at Mount Pleasant. And Mount Pleasant was 45 minutes from Midland. Well... I mean, why did um, why did she go to Central Michigan? Uh, she her her dad went there. She has she has a ton of family in Michigan. A lot of her family and relatives went to Central Michigan, so it was just like you know the right fit. Mm, okay. So makes sense. Her brother went to uh, Lehigh. Yeah. No way. That's odd as shit. Yeah. Like, I guess Lehigh... Did you know about Lehigh at all? Besides them beating Duke? Yeah, my grandfather went to Lehigh. No way. Wait, your mom or dad? My mom's dad. No way. That's sick. He was a... I, I... One of my biggest regrets in life... So, my grandpa, he... He had... Alzheimer's and his, his brain was, you know, I mean, his mind was not great and it, it progressively got worse. And he passed away when I was in seventh grade. And like, you know, you know, his Alzheimer's had been happening for years before that. So I never really had the opportunity to like have a, an adult discussion with him. Cause you know, by the time I was that age, it was too late. He was a, like, first of all, he was a, during World War II, he was an uh, he was a an engineer on fighter fly. Like I, I literally have a copy of his bombing mission. Like he was a, he flew with like B fifty two heavy bombers. He was the engineer on those planes as they were bombing. You know, he bombed prior to D Day, like the, the the French coast. He bombed parts of Germany. Like he was on some serious World War II missions. And then he came back, went to Lehigh, and then he got his like master's degree from the University of Chicago in engineering. He was a smart guy. And I like I would love to be able to have a conversation, just kind of like his experiences and you know all that, because 
the dude was, I mean, smart guy, but I just never had that opportunity. Anyway, yes, he did go to Lehigh. That, wait, where did he grow up? Uh, New Jersey. No. Ohio. Yeah, no, my grandma grew up in Ohio. He grew up in New Jersey. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny because, I, like I said, I have some of his old World War II documents. The, uh, like, the, the, the office that he enlisted through, because, like, you know, he enlisted for World War II, and he went to the Allentown PA recruiter's office to enlist for the Army in World War II, or the Air Force in World War II. No yeah. way. We were destined to meet each other, dude. Apparently. I'm surprised I never told you this. But yeah. Never, you never told me this in yeah. my life. So he probably asked your mom where he Here, I'll up. ask her right now. She's right upstairs. Tell her I said hello first. Yeah. Hey, Mom. Connor says hi. And also, where did Grandpa grow up? Yeah. It was not Lee. I thought that's just where he they bought the house after. Yeah, we, we've already had all of that discussion. I just didn't know where he grew up initially. So. Okay, the closest. Okay. So he grew up in Nutley, New Jersey, which is... Nutley. Yeah, it's I've been there because my one of my... So... Oh, yeah, you have you've cousins that still live in Jersey, right? I don't have cousins, but my... my so my, my great uncle, my, my one grandpa's brother, owns, a, owns the house in Nutley that my grandfather bought for my great-grandparents with his GI Bill when he got back from World War II. And that house is still owned by his brother, my great-uncle, who's like 92 or something, who still lives there. And he's rich. Like, this is a nice house. The dude's a millionaire. He was like an investment banker in New York. He has these enormous gardens that are featured in, like, garden magazines and whatnot. And Yeah, it's this whole thing. Okay. Uh, all right. So I'm just looking up where Nutley is, and it's on the eastern part of the state, which you said he registered in Allentown? Yeah, but yeah, Nutley is not far from New York City. It's like kind of right on the. No, it's not. No, it's not. But I'm just, I thought it would be on the western part of the state, which would be close to. Well, Allentown. maybe he's, maybe he was in college when he enlisted. So he was at Lehigh and then he enlisted, because that would make sense. Yeah, that would. That that makes a lot more sense. Wow. No way, dude. That's sick. Yeah. I don't even remember how we got off on this this topic. What were we talking? What were we talking about? Your grandfather went to Lehigh. Oh, because we were talking about you asked if I had ever heard of Lehigh. Oh, Central Michigan. Yeah, Mi- because we were talking yes, about Central, Central Michigan, Michigan and that the, her brother went to Lehigh. Uh, Anyway. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I need to like, I want to go. I, I drove through Lehigh. I was at a canning, on a canning trip with a guy who lived in Bethlehem or whatever. And we drove through Lehigh's campus. But I want to actually like go there and walk around. Maybe the next do. time I'm in Allentown, whatever that is, or Whitehall. 
When's the next time all six of us are going to be together again? I mean, Is it six now? One, yeah, four, me yeah. and you are are a couple. Yeah, I didn't know if it was either six yeah, or seven. Six. But yeah, when when are our six us six going to be back together? That's again? the million dollar question. I don't know. We're just we're Would just you? over a year since the last time. So, correct. I don't know. Because would you would you go to an all inclusive? Resort, yeah, probably. It depends on where it is. Well, I'm pushing for somewhere fun like Mexico. You of all people uh, want to go to Mexico? No way. It, it, right, here's the thing I've already been to the Bahamas and I don't want to go to Jamaica. You know, you know what we should do a cruise. I, I would possibly It's do basically all-inclusive. The food is already free, and then all you have to do is buy the drink package on top of that. Are, are we going to be stuck on it for, like, four months oh, after God. our trip uh, well, over? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Scrap that. No, uh, because we're my group of friends is trying to plan an all-inclusive for next December. Okay. Like your Whitehall friends? Yeah, like Kelsey, uh, Bowman, yeah. Tucker, um, the- Will, Amanda, yeah. all of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That'll be, that should be fun if you guys do it. I, you're invited, dude. I'm inviting <laughs> you. I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking the presidential reins right. here. And I'm inviting you. Dictator Connor. Uh, December, though? I mean, that's like the holidays. I feel like. February is the perfect time for something like that. After after I the Super Bowl, like, before, I, I before feel, March Madness, perfect time. I feel like summer is because that's yeah, when you, all everyone. No, but you got to but you got to the whole re- point of those things is to like escape the cold for a couple like a week or whatever. Like that's the whole point. To me, the whole point is meeting some hot single ladies and yeah, having fun. Right. I would go there to just sit in a lawn chair all day, sip on whatever drink I wanted, and just enjoy. Don't talk to me. I can't do that. I can't just sit at a lawn chair on a lawn chair. I, I can when I'm in the right. Fr- I normally, I mean, I when I'm in Illinois, no. But if I'm in the right, right setting, then yeah. No, there's no chance. I cannot sit. I no, I, I can't do that. Just like sip, just like imagine sipping like a cold beer. It's like one o'clock in the afternoon. You're just you're just chilling. You know this. It's warm. You're just by the pool, by the beach, whatever. Oh, that actually sounds pretty nice right now. I just talked about wanting to no, go. No, no. The, okay, then what? Then what do you? Well, I know you hate the beach, but like, okay, you're at an all-inclusive resort, right? So you're there. Yeah. You can't. It's all-inclusive because you don't leave it, right? Like you go there, you do everything there. What are you doing all day? I'm going to the bar. Then I'm going to that like surf wave thing. Like you lay on a board or like you like surf <laughs> yeah. on it. And I'm doing that over and over <laughs> again. And hopefully there's a water slide <laughs> that I can just go down. 
Are you, are you 26 gonna... or just six? I can't decide. Dude, I like having fun. There's nothing right? wrong with that. Like, um, apply, go to the casino because a lot of cruises have casinos. All right, I'd go to the casino with you. Um, um, and then I'll just eat my way through the whole. I'll start at one end of the boat and eat and drink my way to the <laughs> other end of the boat. Then I'll come back and then we'll hit the club or the bars. All right, I can do that. I cannot just sit in a chair on on the top of the deck of the ship if we're doing a cruise and just be like, hey, this is fantastic. Are you kidding me? If, if I wanted to sit outside and get some sun, I'd put a, I'll take a lawn chair from my garage and set it in my driveway and, and you know, have the same result. Yeah, but there's something different about like when you're on vacation. You know, it's like that mindset. Yeah, because you get to do fun things in a different place, not sit on like in the sand. Like, if I want to do that, I could I could do that for fifty dollars. Yeah, I can go get a six pack from from the beer distributor, go to Lowe's, buy a fifty pound bag of sand, get my lawn chair, and have my my day at the beach sitting in a lawn chair at home. But, okay, but that's not that's not the point. The point is. Whenever, you know, you're at home, you got work, you got social life, you got all these things lingering. But when you go on vacation, you're just there. All of those things are out of sight, out of mind. You're someplace new, relaxing. It's tropical, presumably. You know, it's not in Whitehall, Pennsylvania, or Geneva, Illinois. It's, you know, it's a nice resort-type setting or a, or a cruise, whatever. And you relax. If it's a Monday, it doesn't matter. You can still drink at noon or before. doesn't matter. You can relax. You just forget about everything, and you sit there, and you just enjoy. Like, you just let it all go. You've known me for, let's see here. Eight years now. Eight, eight years. Eight years. Have I ever once relaxed? Or has that ever been a, a word to <laughs> no. use? I know, but it's still... Even after eight years, it's just hard. It just I, oh, I just don't. I don't see how that doesn't sound appealing. And granted, I'm. I just don't want to sit somewhere. Beach beach vacations or that kind of stuff are not even my favorite kind of vacations. I'd rather I would, like, I would much rather go someplace like in Europe where I could go take a tour of you know like a castle or some cool historical you know World War Two or you know Cold War type thing. I I love that. But at the end of the day, sometimes you just need to just like. Do nothing. I agree with you that it's cool to visit old historical things, 100%. But if I'm on vacation, I want to have fun. And although that might be fun, something a lot better than walking around a museum. I, maybe that could be a day trip or something like that or during that day. But the other five or six days I'm on vacation, I better have a beer in my hand 24-7. Yeah, I know. You know where... I think you would love San Antonio. Because that's all you do is you go down by like this river walk area where it's nothing but bars and restaurants for like you know, the whole loop of the river, which is like, you know, a mile around. 
And you can uh, go walk right. down the you can walk then, down the street and you're at the Alamo. So it's got, you know, some history too. I well I have to go there sooner or later. Yeah, see a Spurs game. Yeah. Which I'm actually worried about now. I was supposed to go to the Steelers game this year, but I'm very interested to see what happens with stadiums. My whole stadium trip plans are No, being... you'll still be able to go to I mean Maybe not this fall, but next fall, guaranteed. Obviously, everything fall. will be wide open. Well, obviously, next fall. But like I've had specific cities and stadiums that I've planned out for like the next like seven years. Yeah, but you could do Pittsburgh easily enough, just like on a whim, couldn't you? <laughs> I could, but the Eagles were playing in there this no. year. Like well, what You're when right. is it? Yeah, like, have they really? Yeah, they did. When when is that game? October eleventh. Oh, so that's still early-ish into the season. If it were like yeah. December, you might have better luck. So it sucks. Yeah. It's, oh well. Goddamn coronavirus. Yep. Open the floodgates. Open the floodgates. We'll see. Hmm. I don't know, man. And you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I and I don't want to go to a stadium that is like half full. I want the full experience. Yeah. When, okay, wait, is it next year? Is it 2021 that the Eagles play at the Bears? Or 2022? No, tw- oh, two. Okay. Well, good, at least barring, yeah, barring no other incidents, which at this point we can't even say for sure that'll be the case. That'll be fun. Do we even get to <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Yeah, honestly. Question. Will we make it? I don't know. I think I think the um the I don't see uh I think the racial tensions and pro and even protest or you know things that I think it lasts longer than the coronavirus. Okay, that's I mean that's a long time, but I think I think this lasts through until election day. Yeah, no, okay, that's fair. But what I'm also curious is like, okay, protests are, I think, a very necessary first step to like get the ball rolling. But then, like, in order for there to be tangible change, like, there need to be discussions with leadership. Like, like leaders need to say, okay, you know, well, but but basically, the point is, what I'm saying is, I I don't think all you can do is protest for the rest of your like, you know, I don't think protests alone will necessarily solve the problem. I think protests lead to the next steps that solve the problems, which I'm hoping is the case, but like, you, you know, so I don't think there will be protests per se, because I'm hoping that people will listen to the protests and start actually implementing changes that will, you know, make the protests worthwhile, but not necessary anymore type thing. You know, like, you can't just protest forever. There's got to be a next step. Well, you can you can loot forever, I guess. 
Well, not if you don't have a protest to hide behind. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, how do you, like, it's, this is obviously not something you change overnight. It's not like. No. So, like, what's the end goal here? The end goal is obviously, like, end racism. But here's my argument here. Not argument. It's not even argument. It's a point I want to put out. You can't end racism. I know that sounds really fucked up. You can minimize it completely. You can minimize it to a point. But it's just one of those things that there's always going to be that one person in the room. It's like it's like Nazis. Look at Nazis. That was what sixty years ago, seventy, well, eighty years ago now, or seventy-five years ago. All right, and um, we still have Nazis today. They they're banned in Germany, and they're still around. And another thing is, you specifically can't ban racism in America. Because of the whole freedom of speech shit. Yeah, but I think that while people being racist is an issue, that I agree, I don't think you'll ever just, well, at least not anytime soon, you won't just wipe out racists. But I think the bigger issue is the the systemic racism, which is like, like, I was like looking at this, and I think some of that was in the article I sent you today. Um, you know, like, for example, banks not lending or not giving a mortgage to a, you know, a, a black family living in a in a, an impoverished community because they ex- expect them to, like, default on their loan, which, you know, on its surface might be a, a strictly financial decision. But the reason is it's because, you know, they're a black family living in an under, you know, an impoverished area. And the reason they're doing that is because of, like, you know, redlining that happened back in the day and all these other things that kind of just like led to systemic racism here's what should happen for all aspects of of life i'll make it real simple for everyone well in terms of the banking shit and everything like that you know when college basketball is going down to march madness people are deciding um who gets in who doesn't and you know how like they do the whole like team a versus team b but they show the resume and they don't show who the actual team is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? That's what they need to do for now. You get a resume, if there it's a bank thing or a college application application or job application or anything of that nature, you get an essay or you get like their just credentials. And it's either okay, either they're accepted, not accepted, loan or no loan, you know, shit of that nature. It, it should be that simple. And like, there needs to be more. Vi- I don't even know what the word is. Vision from other people around the world for that shit. Like, stop looking at people as either black or white or Hispanic or Asian. Like, are they an asshole? Yeah, they're an asshole. So don't be friends with them. Are they a scumbag? They're a scumbag. So don't hang out with them. Are they nice and kind? Okay, they're cool. All right, Do these people have a high-paying job that they it doesn't look. Like, they will, you know, um, fuck up on their loan. Okay, give them a loan. It's that simple. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm all for just, like, blind, 
whatever, however you would phrase that, blind review of applicants, whatever the case may be. But yeah, I, I, but, but then, okay, but then, but then is the argument about like, okay, you should, you know, if, let's say you're applying to college and you've got like this, this, you know, upper middle class white kid who's got good grades, whatever, you know, played sports was a, you know, you know, you know, your cookie cutter, decent high school kid. And then you've got, you know, you know, a black guy who didn't have the best grades, but he came from a more diverse background. And like schools are trying to, you know, create these diverse environments where if you put them on paper, you know, the white guy has better credentials. But at the end of the day, maybe it makes more sense to admit the black person because they have a more diverse background, which, you know, is what colleges look for. And I'm not saying like for a more like if you're giving that's only the case really for schools because like or jobs even. But, you know, for the mortgage, like, yeah, I get it. I mean, if you could pay your loan, then give them the loan. But I, I don't know. But that was just something I saw on Facebook today, which is why I brought it up. I mean, there is a, there is a point. I mean, in, in jobs, I don't believe that. I think, like, in probably, like, 90% of jobs, you want the person who's going to make the most money for your business. Or in some cases – save the most lives or whatever. So race shouldn't have anything to do with, with businesses. Maybe it's different for, no, it's, it's not different for anything. You know, like it's good to have a different background, but I think the whole time you're looking at, okay, is this person going to make me the most money or is it? Yeah. But sometimes not? like, okay, if they're going to make you the most money or not, doesn't necessarily depend on, you know, like what their previous experience is, it has to do with, you know, what, I, what ideas they have and can they bring new and unique ideas to the table? And that's something you can't put on a resume, but that's something that could. No, but you can do it. You can do, you can do it a blind interview. How do you do a blind interview? You can't do it, but in, in some fact that if you had a person, it'd be like an essay almost. Uh, you know how like college do essays? You do a what do you call it? An essay to get the job, which is a total waste of time. But you could do it if you really wanted to. Yeah. But I do I do get your fact that like schools specifically want a more diverse culture. But I mean, then then you have to take race into play. Yeah. Do you take do you take do you take the 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 Chinese and black kids? over um to fill like the final two spots because you have all um white kids or you know vice or any any scenario like that like yeah i know i agree i agree i don't know dude all of these situations are so like there's so much gray area it's just impossible to come to uh, the right conclusion i don't know, I don't know there is a right it really it really starts it, it really no no pun intended, but it really starts with the the simple question of of um are you an asshole or not an asshole? Yeah. That's where it all starts. Yeah. And <laughs> the Connor Bortz Connor Bortz it's all It's it's that simple, dude. Like it, it, are you an asshole? Do I get along with you? Okay. Yeah, but like, it, yes or no? Okay, if you're yes, 
Come over my yeah, but what if, you know, what if fuck away me and you are on the same side and you think person A is an asshole and I think person A isn't an asshole, then who's right? Then you're friends with person A. I'm not. Yeah. You made it sound like it was in the context of like joining a team. No, I'm talking about just the simple fact that people don't like not everyone has to get along. All right, let's just be honest there. Like, I think a lot of the time we're all, like, forced to like each other. Like, that's bullshit. All right? Like, I'm not going to get along with everyone, clearly. And I don't expect everyone to get along with me or like me. And it's just that simple. Everyone needs to have the Connor Boards mindset. Where they don't give a shit about whether they're liked or not. They don't care how many likes are on social media or Twitter or anything like that. They just live life like say what they truly feel and then move on and then they, they they take the simple style of do you get along with this person yes or no okay yes you're friends with them no fuck off you're right and i i agree with you where if everybody saw the world that way we would be much better off but nobody like you are you are very unique in that way No, I know. I'm just saying that shit. I know you can honestly say example that that you you talk the talk and you walk the walk or whatever that saying is. Like I don't like, like I like pets. Like it it just blows my mind how people make this so complicated and just so like, oh wow, he's black or oh shit, he's white. Like, dude, fuck off. Like Jesus Christ, I hate that on both sides. I hate, I hate that shit on both sides. Like I cannot stand that. Like, the, me and Will have a mutual friend who th- says shit like that. And I told him one time, I'm like, dude, if you're gonna talk like that around me, if you're gonna talk like that, don't do it around me because I got a real problem. Wait, talk like what? And he hasn't done it since. Like talk like that down upon, um, like black no. people and his yeah. and all Don't do shit. that. Like, if you're going to do that, don't do it yeah. around me because I got a problem with it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Dude. I don't know. Like I said, if every, I wish we could all – it was as simple as you make it. But for a lot of other people, myself included, it's just – we can't, like, wrap our brains around that as a concept. It's – I wish I could. Yeah, trust me. My life would be much better. How 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 do you? I don't even this? know. Like I, dude, I've been thinking about this literally since like Saturday. You know when when the the protesting really started ramping up, at least here in Chicago, and I'm just like trying to formulate how I feel about everything, and it's it's just hard because like, you know, like for example, it's funny like people I I know were were saying they're like f, f the cops or whatever. Like I don't agree with that. I understand that. Like police departments need to change, and you need to have better training, and you, your officers need to be just better in general. I completely agree with that, but at the same time, you can't just like throw this blanket stake statement of like "I'll oh, fuck the police." Like, you just can't because I I lived with one, and I lived with a state trooper Anyone in the state that- of Michigan, and like I said, he's a stand-up guy. Like I I he patrolled the like the poor neighborhoods of Detroit most of the time I lived there. Like that was his precinct. Because he went to help out Detroit during the summer months. 
he is not the kind of guy who would kneel on somebody's neck for 10 minutes. He's the kind of guy where if you broke the law and you were guilty, he was going to apprehend you the way you were supposed to be apprehended and you would be then put through the judicial system, you know, or the justice system. Like that's, that's what he would do because that's what he's trained to do. And I, it's not like that for everybody, but he is one of, you know, the majority of police officers who are just, who are going to do their job the right way. But that's where it gets, becomes such a gray area because then you start to figure out like, Hey, where do you draw the line? And like, how police should act and you know god dude it's just i don't know dude it but at anyone that says fuck the police or uh police are pigs or you know get rid of them and police i'm watching fox news right now and i just saw a sign of a girl saying and police anyone that says that should be put on a database all right that database blocks 911 from your from your cell phone or phone or anything like that. It, it blocks your number. If you want to say fuck the police and cops are pigs and all that shit, when you need something, I hope you realize how dependent you are. Yeah, and that's cops. what I was saying. Like, I, I didn't actually say this, but that's what I was thinking is we like the police are necessary. Do they do the way they do the way they police need to be like like fixed? Sure. But they are a necessary part of civilization. They are. And call me my naive, call me ignorant. I don't care what you call me, because again, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. Um I bet. 90 to 95% of cops out there are on the good people that signed up to help and protect other people, regardless of race, ethnicity, anything like that. And I think it's these one or two times that, that like shit happens with Floyd or with, you know, what's Freddie Gray or anything like that, that get blown up. And all of a sudden all cops are bad. Well, what about this? What I, a, a cop, a former police officer in St. Louis, who's black, was shot and killed. Where, where's your Black Lives Matter then? Yeah. Like, where's that argument? Where, where is the Black Lives Matter? Yeah, no, I, I completely. Agree. And again, yeah, like you said, there are black police officers. If you say fuck the police, like, what, what about them? Like, are they just? Where, which which side are they on? Are they on the fuck the police side? Or are they on the Black Lives Matter side? You've got, yeah, so so you make it sound like every it's, every it's cop is like a white it's, like it's, racist person. Yeah, interesting. You bring that up. So when you say the systematic is racist, so the black cops that are, are the, that are in in the system are they racist against the other blacks that arrest? I don't think it can be racist if if you do it to the same race, right? That's not racism. But the system is racist, though. So if they're in the system, if they are cops, they have. I, to I guess by that logic, yes. Yeah, dude. That's why. That's why I don't agree with it. That's why I don't think police officers, the 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 system of policing is not racist. I don't know, dude. I I. I, I can't I can't I have no idea what to how to say anything past that. I see what you're I see what you're saying. I do see what I'm you're a, saying, I'm but I feel like there's more to the argument that I just don't understand.
America looks it looks like, like a, it looks like a police state. Dude. Really I mean, done. we have people out in the streets. There are, you know, cops in riot gear. You know, people are there's these clashes going on. Like it, this is like dystopian. If, no, it's like a third world country, dude. Like we're just trying to like it is back in like 1776. And we're trying to figure out. We just became a nation, and we're trying to figure out how to do this. Like what the hell, dude? We it is an embarrassment right now. Like, not nah, let me refresh. The way we're acting right now is an embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. We're supposed to have our shit together, be the world leader, and we look yeah. like shit. I agree. Uh, what a what a what a world we live. This is what a year. What a year it's been so far. It's yeah. not even a year. I know. Dude. Six <laughs> months. Oh God. Ugh. How it's not. How will it get worse? It's not a matter of will it get worse. Will it get worse? It's, just, it's a matter of how will it get worse. I, I think an actual civil war. Honestly, the South is going to secede again for for some reason. It's not even that, dude. It's, it's the left first. It's going to be right. the people on Is that what you're gonna say? But again, this is this is not even a le- not not even like with. I'll say this: there's definitely gonna be some sort of pop off. It, it's gonna be to extend it is now, if not worse, Ooh. on election night. Yeah, I, I was thinking Trump that. I, yeah, I was thinking that too. I. I cannot imagine what America looks like. I think it, yeah, election it is, day is yeah. November 3rd this year. I cannot imagine what America looks like at midnight on November 4th. Yeah, because if I'm, I'm thinking of a world where Donald Trump gets reelected, and, and this is how I foresee this going, one of two ways. Donald Trump gets reelected. Everybody who does not like Donald Trump takes to the streets to protest. And Donald Trump says, you know what? No. And that's when he deploys the military, like, for real. And all of a sudden, it's, it's you know, a bloodbath. Or option B is Trump does not get reelected, to which he claims the election was rigged. And the system is rigged, you know, you know, Hillary Clinton hacked the election or whatever he'll say. And we have to def- we have to defend my presidency because it, 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 I, I don't think he will. I don't dude. I don't no. know if he would willingly give it up if he loses. How can how in the world you see Donald Trump saying, hey, you know what? We fought a good fight. We made it. We had a good run. But I have, you know, through the democratic process law. I think I think he's he's never, he's, no, I think he's, he's, I, I think he would he's never in a million years just kind of lay in, you know, lay down and say, right, I lost. We're moving on to the next president, Joe Biden, of all people, because I lost. He will not say that. There's no way. And he's probably going to be like, and his, his, you know, crazy batshit supporters are going to be like, we got to go. We need to, we need to protect our president. There are going to be people outside with like shotguns on the one of the White House guarding this guy, Joe Biden rolling. I don't know, dude. I fear the worst. I fear the, our country has ever been this divided ever in our history. Like, it, 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 well, I told you, I told 
I told everyone that in 2016. I said, if Donald Trump gets elected, you're going to see this country divided more so than ever before. And look what happened. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, look what fucking happened. And then, you know, no, the, wor- the worst is, if, in terms of what happens, is if Donald Trump gets reelected. Why is that? Well, I mean, I know. Because yeah. the madness you're going to see. For... for and so I mean, the mat the madness that goes on election night if Donald Trump gets reelected is going to happen for four straight yeah. years. Like this might be this protest, these protests going on right now might last throughout the summer, you know, in in whatever the answer is. But you will see protests from November fourth at seven a.m. until January whatever twenty twenty. Do you think if Trump gets elected for a second term, he will try to alter the Constitution so that he can run again? You don't think so? Because he no. kind of he's kind of already alluded to that. He if if he does, he's a moron. That when he, that that might be his worst move throughout his whole presidency. Um, when he tries to do that, because yeah, but he is like slowly moving towards this like authoritarian dictatorship, and he has at least for now the control of the Senate, which means that it could happen. Like I don't know, I feel like he'd he'd like, dude, I fear the worst. I fear the worst. I don't see that. I sure as hell hope it doesn't. I, I can't even. I can't even. I, can't I even hope you're right. That. I really do. But yeah, dude. Regardless, November third, the day, the day might be the most tense day in American history. Like when Americans go to the polls to vote. That. The country's gonna implode, dude. If if he gets reelected, it might. But also, you don't think if Joe if if Joe Biden gets elected, you don't think Trump's craziest supporters will do something absurd and protest and do all that kind of stuff? I I hope no. I don't think they'll protest. I think they're gonna be. Oh, sore I don't know. I hope you're right, but but I'll take sore losers. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to know. I want to ask you this. We probably don't know because again, we're white <laughs> donors, so right. whatever. But h- how is Donald Trump racist? Uh, there are, I mean, jeez, I don't know off the top of my head. I, okay, he, there are examples out there, and I don't know them off the top of my head. Oh, okay, here's a good one. The fact when he said during the Charlottesville rally that there were good people on both sides. Are you kidding me? He said there were, he said that white supremacists are good people. All right, that's wrong, but like, I don't see how he is racist. I don't. I can't speak to concrete. I know I've heard and seen examples. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But if you want me to find some examples and send them to you for analysis, I will. Please. Please do. Because from what I've seen, he's he's raised more money or federally funded more money to historically black colleges than any other president that I've seen. And I like 
like when you when someone is racist, they're clearly racist from the things they say or things they do. Like, there's nothing that is blatantly racist here. If you if you say he's racist because he supports police officers, no, 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 no. okay, here, idiot. I race race again. Racism today is a lot more nuanced and not as cut and dry. It's not people getting you you know. It's not Emmett Till, thankfully. Well, maybe it is with guys like George Floyd, but like racism is not as open and shut as it was, you know, back, you know, in the years after slavery or up through, you know, the civil rights movement and all that. But it's still there. It just, it's more, I guess, hidden. If if he was racist, he wouldn't have um made what's his face Carson the, Ben Carson um, Ben Carson Carson something. He's like the yeah. He what, was what like the ben Carson? national ben Carson something. I think he was a secretary. He was a doctor, so I think he was like national health secretary or something like that. Yeah, he was a yeah whatever that that title is. If he was racist, yeah, but see that's racist as being you know his. black and you know you know very okay. I'll just. I'll, I'll, I guarantee you I'll be able to find a number of examples of him being racist, and I will send them to you. Please do, because I'll I, do it tomorrow. I clearly, I'll take some time, and again, I'll, I'll look. That's that's fair. That's fair. I, I clearly don't see how how Trump is racist. I'll, I will find out. I will do my due diligence. I mean, didn't we have, didn't we have like the lowest black unemployment? Dude, okay, I get. It's not like he's gonna be like, all right, black people aren't, aren't allowed to have jobs anymore. They're back to being slaves. He's okay. That that's not gonna happen. But yeah, it, but that's okay. Racist, no, okay, no. If, if he, if I know he what you're racist, saying. He would make, and I'm telling you, it's more subtle than that. It's far more subtle than that, but it exists. And I'll, I will find you examples. All right, whatever, whatever you say. Because did is what didn't? Whatever, whatever. I just don't see how he's I'll racist. Fi- I will find you. Whatever. Tomorrow by lunch, you will have at least one article listing his racist acts or what would make him seem like a racist. All right, I will. So- I Let very much will. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, dude. Well, we've been going at this. This might be our longest one yet. We're almost at an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. So Probably. Yeah, dude. I might have to call it a night. All right, dude. Well, hey, have a have a good week, and uh, yeah, stay, stay safe. safe. I'll uh, I'll send you that link tomorrow. Looking forward to the discussion. <laughs> yeah, can't All wait, right, dude. Have a good one. We'll see you.